Chapter 30, Disappointment. Luke 22, 1 through 4. Now, the feast of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Jesus didn't always do things the way people wanted them done. He didn't always do things the way we would have expected him to. People came to him with their problems and requests, like like face-to-face prayers to the wonderful counselor. And he answered them, but he answered them in his own way and in his own time. Sometimes our Lord's way of doing things flew in the face of everything that seemed to make sense. He could have easily impressed all the right people and worked the right angles, but he didn't. One time Jesus and his disciples were invited to a wedding where the wine ran out. Now in those days, weddings weren't just parties, but really big, important community events that lasted for days on end. These celebrations were a huge deal. And running out of wine for the guests was about the most embarrassing thing that could happen to a young newlywed couple. It just so happens that at this wedding, our Lord's mother was also there. And she was behind the scenes enough to know what was going on. So Mary asked Jesus to step up and fix the problem. Which, by the way, he did. But he didn't do it in the way she probably wanted him to. You see, Mary never got a big wedding party with all her friends. She got pregnant before her wedding, and everyone she loved talked about her behind her back. Mary knew that she was carrying a miracle, and that without ever having slept with a man, she had become pregnant with God's own son, but no one believed her. She was disgraced, but her baby was special. And on this day, at this wedding, when the wine ran out, I think Mary got an idea. She may have thought to herself that if Jesus were to save this wedding day by showing everyone who he really was, then they would all realize that Mary had been telling the truth the whole time. Maybe Jesus could save two weddings for the price of one. But he didn't. That is to say, he didn't do it her way. Jesus did turn water into wine that day, and he did save the party, but he did it in secret so that no one knew that he had done it. He didn't take the spotlight, and more importantly, he didn't take the spotlight off the bride and groom on their special day and make the celebration about himself or about Mary. I'm sure it was hard for the disciples to watch Jesus squander what they considered to be perfect opportunities to move into the limelight. Like that time a famous and wealthy synagogue ruler named Jairus came to Jesus because his 12-year-old daughter was sick. This was a perfect opportunity to make a good impression. The religious leadership was always on Jesus' case. So if he were to drop everything and rescue this guy's daughter before the worst happened, I mean, come on. That would really help their cause. 
The only problem was that as Jesus was following Jairus back through the crowded streets to his house, some poor, frail woman touched Jesus for healing, and Jesus stopped. The disciples were probably so frustrated. They were probably thinking, no, 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 don't stop. This guy Jairus is important. We need him. Don't stop for a nobody. But Jesus stopped to find out who needed him. Mark tells us that when this woman came forward and admitted to touching Jesus for healing, our Lord asked her to tell her whole story. Wow. The disciples and Jairus were probably freaking out as time slipped away. When the woman finally finished talking and they started moving again, a messenger came from Jairus's house to say that it was too late. His little girl was dead. I mean, in so many ways, Jesus wasn't the Messiah they thought he would be. He was homeless and he seemed perfectly content to stay that way. He didn't care about the right kind of people. He was always hanging around the poor, the rejected, the bad society, and and kids, by the way. There were like always little kids everywhere. He didn't capitalize on moments of popularity, and he didn't straight out oppose Roman rule. For loyal and excited Israelites, this Messiah wasn't acting very kingly. Some folks were frustrated with his leadership style and confused about why he wasn't raising up a conquering army. I don't think it's unfair to say that for some people, Jesus was letting them down. In chapter 22 of Luke, as the Passover approached, the leadership was looking for a way to get rid of Jesus. But the problem was that that all the people loved him. I mean, how could they take him in without all the people rioting? And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, Satan himself sent them a gift-wrapped present. One of Jesus' own disciples came and found them, offering up a way to take Jesus in without any crowds noticing For the right price, Judas Iscariot would set up a rendezvous, complete with an identifying signal, so they could take Jesus without anyone else around. It would have to be at night, outside the city. I mean, it was a perfect plan, and the leadership were only too happy to pay Judas for his betrayal. The story of Judas has to be about the most confusing and maybe the saddest thing in all the Gospels. I mean, didn't Judas love Jesus in some way at all? How could you spend that much time around the tender heart of our master without completely falling for him? And yet, I think we all know at least a little of how Judas felt, if we're being completely honest. Have you ever asked the questions? Why didn't Jesus answer my prayer? Doesn't he care about me? Why is he doing what he's doing? Why did he let my parents fall apart? Why doesn't he get involved? Isn't he powerful? Isn't he the king of everything? Why doesn't he come down here and do something about my pain and my problems? And Jesus let himself be betrayed. He let himself be bound. He decided to walk calmly with soldiers who sneered and laughed. 
He restrained himself and stayed silent as they beat him and mocked him. He purposely let them falsely accuse him and sentence him to my death. He intended to carry the cross I deserve to the hill where I ought to have died. And then amazingly, he let himself die. It's not the plan we would have made. But then again, he does things his way and in his own time. Jesus died in shame and disgrace because it was the only way to save me and you. He didn't stay dead, though. He rose in glorious victory to an indestructible life because he wants to give that life to you and to me. He's going to come back one day in his time and in his own way. And he will make everything right. He will undo everything wrong and evil and sad. He will solve every problem and turn every disappointment into rapturous praise. For more, get to a quiet place. Read Luke 22, 1 through 6, and John 2, 1 through 11. Has Jesus disappointed you in some way? Has he answered a prayer of yours in a way that confused you? What does it do to your mind and heart to realize that Judas was falling in line with what Jesus was doing on purpose? And how does that make you feel about your own tragic situations? Tell them all about it.